Hey everyone, welcome to A Millennial Learns with me, Abby Rancor. This podcast is a place to learn about faith, theology, politics, history, and some fun random things along the way. Let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. I'm excited you're here. Thank you for joining me. Um, We are going to do a five minutes of fun this week. I know I've been a little bit shaky on the five minutes of fun. Depending on how long the episode is, I sometimes don't do a five minutes of fun if it's already pretty long. Um, But this week, it's a little bit of a shorter episode, and I will go into who I interviewed um, in a little bit. But for this week's five minutes of fun, I'm going to talk about Vanna White. And I know this seems random, but my husband and I watch Wheel of Fortune a lot. My whole family does. My mom actually was on Wheel of Fortune and won a car um, way back when I was like two years old. And then my brother got on Wheel of Fortune and won a few thousand dollars there. Um, so we're a big Wheel of Fortune family. I'm kind of trying to get on right now. So that would be so fun. But I was watching with my husband and we were talking about how competitive it must have been for Vanna White to get on Wheel of Fortune because we were saying like, that must be the best job ever. Like, I know there's drawbacks to every job and clearly it might get boring maybe, but she makes $10 million a year to turn letters and then she has all this free time to like do what she wants and I knew she did some stuff on the side. So anyway, I wanted to do kind of like a deep dive into Vanna White's life and see um, how she got to be on the Wheel of Fortune. So that is what I'm going to do today and I hope you enjoy it. Uh, So Vanna White actually grew up in Myrtle Beach and she moved to Atlanta, Georgia after high school where she attended the Atlanta School of Fashion um, and she became a model. So After she graduated from that school of fashion, she moved to LA to pursue an acting career where she got some small roles in films, nothing too huge, but um, actually she got her job on the Wheel of Fortune in 1982 when Susan Stafford left. And this is actually pretty funny because um, I thought that Vanna was the first letter turner in Wheel of Fortune. Like I just had assumed that she was there from the beginning, but she actually wasn't. The first letter turner's name was Susan Stafford. She was first, but she left in 1982 after seven years of that job. When she left, she actually said like, I had been there for seven years. And um, her quote was, I had to ask myself if that was any way for a grown woman to live her life, (laughs) which is funny because I feel like, I don't know. I just always, Feel like it was a good job but clearly she was bothered by the fact that it wasn't like intellectually stimulating or anything like that um so she left in 1982 and 200 applicants applied for that job and vanna was actually chosen um from 200 applicants which is like a crazy odds uh but yeah she was chosen and the show from there became a huge success. So the show blew up. There were millions and millions of people watching in that first couple of seasons. And that led to Vanna actually getting several like lucrative endorsement deals. And she actually starred in an NBC movie called Venus, the Goddess of Love. So her acting career kind of started taking off. She actually set a world record for being TV's most frequent clapper, which I thought was hilarious. She, they said that she averaged about 720 claps per show, which equaled thousands and thousands over the course of a season of Wheel of Fortune, um, because it shows her every time that the puzzle or that the wheel is spun, she claps, which so she is the most frequent clapper on TV um as of that year in the guinness world record book so it's funny she did an interview that said 
kind of what her most embarrassing moment was on the Wheel of Fortune. And she said that at one point she accidentally turned the wrong letter. Like the, and she can't remember what the puzzle was. It was either Mr. Spock or Dr. Spock, but she turned that first letter when it wasn't supposed to be turned. And um, she ruined the puzzle, which seems like it wouldn't be a big deal because I've only watched the show once it's um, electronic, but the letters actually used to be manual. And so they would have to turn, they would have to manually put in each letter and then manually turn the boards each time. So if you messed up a puzzle and it had to be thrown out, it was a lot of work for the crew. So um, that was kind of a big deal. And she said that she was mortified that she actually turned the wrong letter. Um, so, but that doesn't happen very often. She's good at her job. And um, for that job, like I said, she makes $10 million a year. Um, and her quote, as compared to the Susan Stafford one that says like, this is no way for a grown woman to spend her time. Um, I really liked Vanna White's quote. She said, it is not the most intellectual job in the world, but I do have to know that letters. She once joked when I was having that alphabet soup, I never thought that would pay off. <laughs> and I thought that was really funny and a great attitude. Um, and I also like that she doesn't just do Wheel of Fortune. Like, yes, she, like she admitted, it's not the most intellectual job, but she loves crocheting and her hairdresser actually one time recommended that she start crocheting because, um, there was a lot of downtime on set and she had learned crocheting from her grandmother years and years before, but she picked it up again once she, once her hairdresser had recommended that. And since then, she's become super, super passionate about crocheting. She does it all the time. She, and she even has her own line of yarn um, called Vanna's Choice. And half of the proceeds of every yarn or every, uh, I don't know what it's called, bundle or spool of yarn, I guess. Um, but anyway, half of her proceeds go to St. Jude's Hospital. And she's raised almost $2 million through her yarn to St. Jude's Hospital. So she's philanthropic. She's beautiful. She is smart and has a great attitude. So overall, love Vanna White. And I thought that was some pretty interesting information about her early career. Um, and her and Pat have been going strong on the show ever since. So I love watching the show and I would highly recommend. Hopefully I can get on pretty soon. So we're going to jump right into this episode for this week, I interviewed my best friend, Sam Growley. She is a systems engineer at Lockheed Martin. We work at the same company and she is great. I had so much fun recording with her. In this episode, we talk all about kind of the ups and downs of college, what her best parts were, what her worst parts were, um, any advice for someone going into STEM. And then we also talk about like the transition between college and kind of real life work. So that was interesting. And then the positives and negatives of big companies versus small companies and hobbies. Sam is also starting an embroidery kind of side business. I've linked her Instagram down below. Uh, she's still getting it kind of put together, but go follow that page Stitching by Sam for updates on all of her new stuff. It's so cute. She is super talented. And um, so go follow her for any updates. Let's get into the episode. Thanks for listening, guys. Hey, everyone. Welcome to A Millennial Learns, the podcast. Uh, we have a very special guest today, my friend Sam Growley. Sam, how are you? Good. How are you, Abs? I'm good. Thanks for being on the podcast. I'm excited to chat with you and tell the people who you are. <laughs> um, okay, so I said a little bit in the intro, Sam is an engineer. And so we're going to talk to her, do a little day in the life of an engineer and kind of how she how she got to where she is today. So Sam, do you want to give a little recap about how we met? 
Sure. Yeah. So um, as Abby said, we both went to the University of Colorado Boulder and we both studied aerospace engineering. I actually started there a year before Abby, but she's a genius. So she started in Calculus 3 as a freshman um, and I was in Calculus 3 as a sophomore and we needed all the help we could get. So we went to office hours. We basically lived in office hours. True. And I noticed that her screen on the back of her, like her wallpaper was of Chris Pine. And we both thought he was super handsome. So I told her that. And then the rest is history and we're good friends. Yes. How many years later? Seven yeah. years later. That is true. Sam is a big Star Trekky. Yes. And I started watching Star Trek just because of Chris Pine. So we yes. really bonded <laughs> at his <laughs> handsome face. So true. yes, that was very fun. Um, so you're in STEM. Let's start off kind of a little bit about your current job. So what do you do? Uh, now, all right, that was a terrible way to ask a question. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> so you're in STEM. Um, let's start with just kind of something about what your current job is and and what you do now. Yeah. So I followed Abby's footsteps because <laughs> she <laughs> did an internship at Lockheed Martin, um, and I, after college, got hired on to work at Lockheed Martin as well as an engineer. Um, but unlike Abby, who's a software engineer, I'm a reliability and systems engineer. Um, so that's currently what I do now. Cool. And we'll get into the different types of engineering a little bit later, so we can go over that. But um, growing up, were you always interested in like math and science? Or whereas, was there some sort of kind of debate, internal debate about what you wanted to go into once you hit college? Yeah, so I think like every little kid, I wanted to initially do marine biology. <laughs> oh my gosh, everyone went through a marine everyone biology phase. Went through a marine biology phase. <laughs> so true. Yeah, and the kind of funny part is, is I actually really struggled with math in elementary school. I had to get like extra help and I was in like special classes. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so I remember it being maybe kind of like embarrassed by it, but I had one teacher in fifth grade that really helped me um, get back on track to understanding math um, and liking math and seeing how it relates and why it's important. I think that's like a big thing that everybody should understand. Um, so I ended up actually getting put in advanced classes in middle and high school. Wow. And then quick I, turnaround. Quick turnaround. <laughs> that time. teacher, good yeah, job. Yeah, good job. But um, yeah, I don't really know if something just clicked in me, but when we started doing algebra in middle school, I feel like I started to really like it a lot. Yeah. I feel like algebra separates people to yeah, liking either. math or not. Yeah. So I think that I started wanting to be an engineer, like when I started watching Star Trek more. <laughs> that's, that's great <laughs> um, and stuff. that's cool so then in high school were you, did you take like any ap math classes or any, anything like that or were you on the yes. uh, standard track i took ap all the ap math classes um and that was the only class that i actually passed the ap test to get college <laughs> <Nice>. credit for <laughs> so that's a good think, one to get credit yeah, for for sure i think i had a clear path on what would make sense for me yeah that makes sense <laughs> that's funny um okay and then there's a bunch of engineering types to choose from what made you pursue aerospace engineering specifically as opposed to some other type of engineering as opposed to marine biology <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, so aerospace became a big deal to me when I was in middle school, and my parents took me to the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. And while we were there, we were super lucky, and we happened to see, I think it was like the second to last space shuttle actually land. Whoa, that's um, cool. Yeah, and I remember being like 
almost moved to tears by how powerful it was seeing like human something humans created being able to accomplish something so amazing um i think that was just a big pivotal moment for me where after that i knew that that's what i wanted to do that's cool yeah those trips that people take like i had a um high school field trip to the lockheed martin like facility and we saw the huge um acoustic sound vibrator and that's when i was like oh i want to do arrow that's awesome but like yeah those like trips and seeing the actual thing is super important so that's cool exactly that's what timing i know i can't believe you saw that land yeah and the crazy thing was after that i don't know if you had something similar but there's a school i think it's in colorado springs like it's a challenger memorial high school or middle school or something like that and they have some type of like houston control center and like my entire class went down there and we did a whole like mission control like half the class was on this iss mock-up type thing wow and half the class was on mission control and i think that really helped too i thought that that was the coolest thing ever yeah that seems that seems really cool i think those those trips are super important to get people into engineering because the math is super dry like no one wants to just yeah, if you just look do algebra all the time or calc. Like, yeah. And you really, I feel like we're going to get into college, but college was hard. And you have to have the inspiration to stay through college. Because, yeah. yeah, once you're past college, it's all it's all gravy, I feel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, college is definitely the biggest part. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Um, okay, so you went to CU Boulder, as we talked about. Did you apply to a lot of other colleges or what was your application process like and how did you decide? Yeah, so my primary college that I wanted to go to was the Air Force Academy and I spent a lot of my time physically and mentally and preparing for that experience. Um, But unfortunately, I had epilepsy when I was a child and that kind of caught up with me, um, even though I had grown out of it at that point. Um, And so my application, um, I I got through the senator recommendation and everything like that, but that part eventually caught up with me and I wasn't able to um, get my foot in the door. So that disqualified you from when you were a kid? Even though, because hadn't you been off of like epilepsy like medication for a long time? Well, I had only been off for I think it was like three or four years at that point, and for some reason, yeah, (laughs) for some reason they call it the Dodmer, but it's the DOD Medical Examination Review Board requires at that time it was like six years to be off medication, and that was the big thing. But the other thing too was at that time there was a lot of like restrictions and cuts in military Mm. sizing at that point, so I think they were really trying to be more strict yeah that makes sense Um, but yeah well i'm glad i mean in a selfish way that you didn't go there because i probably wouldn't have met you so yeah it all worked out so did you apply to i guess how many other schools did you apply to then yeah so i applied to the colorado school of mines and i got accepted there but they don't have aerospace right um and it's not sea boulder (laughs) yeah true and i also applied to rensselaer polytechnic institute in new york Oh, wow. Um, Because I had heard about that just through my family, um, but I didn't want to pay $63,000 a year (laughs) for out-of-state tuition. (laughs) That's probably Um, a smart move. Yeah, so um, I ended up at CU. Go Buffs. Go Buffs. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) Um, Cool. Yeah, and like you said, their aerospace program is huge. So since you decided that you wanted to do aerospace, that helps a lot (laughs) to narrow out. Because I did the same thing with the school mines. Like, I applied there, but then I kind of figured out I wanted to do aerospace and 
they only have like petroleum and yeah. geological and stuff like that. So cool. Well, um, I think like it's the cool thing when you're in high school is to go to an out of state college. Right. You know? And so I think CU kind of, it looked like the least kind of quote unquote like sexy option. <laughs> yeah. But then you really look into it and it's like, well, actually one of the best aerospace schools is in our uh, Yeah. yeah. Colorado right in our backyard (laughs) um yeah no that is very true and it's way less expensive which is nice and so yeah and the professors there are amazing like did you shadow before you uh decided I didn't but I think I did one of those admitted student days yeah yeah but I didn't shadow I just kind of went for it yeah (laughs) did you I think well, Daniel was already there. My brother was oh, already there. That's right. So I kind of just followed him around for a day <laughs> and he showed me the ropes and I liked it. But the campus is beautiful. If anyone wants to go to CU, their campus is amazing. The funny thing too is like when you do those, they show you the really new and fancy that's buildings true. on campus. And then you actually go to the engineering building and it's like from the 60s. <laughs> yeah. The engineering building is like this cement gross looking building that is very confusing on the inside. So they never show you that one. They're like, oh yeah, that's the engineering building. Let's go to the humanities. <laughs> you should put a green screen in there. Yeah, they definitely should. It's so funny. They redid the whole lobby though. It looks pretty nice. Really? Have you seen it? Yeah. No. It looks good so they i think they got some feedback (laughs) they took it (laughs) um cool so okay what was the challenge most challenging part of college for you i know for me it was like very rough (laughs) actually making it through all the classes was was tough but what was the most challenging part of that for you um i think the most challenging part is first of all the amount of work we had um so we would have labs which would only be one credit but they would be the most work um due weekly usually um plus homework and exams and i think this goes for any college student not just engineering but constantly almost seeming like it's evaluating your worth by like a grade letter grade that you get like you're 79 percent good at this like (laughs) topic or whatever um me Abby knows I can get emotionally upset about those types of things. So I think that was probably the hardest thing. What about you? Well, the constant thought that you were going to fail was terrible. Like every day, every every test we got back, I was like, oh, I got a 62, let's say, which happened a lot. <laughs> and especially in like, so freshman year, I was cruising. Like when we met, I was like, this is the best thing ever because like I had no hard classes except for calc three so i spent all my time doing calc i didn't like go to any parties i just studied calc (laughs) and and i was like this is great i love college and then the next year hit when all we did all the aerospace classes and it hit me like a train um and then but the curve it would be like oh i got a 62 i'm gonna fail if you fail in our program you have to it basically sets you back a full year you just can't you can't just take it the next semester so yeah, because they only that offer was, classes once a year. Right. So they offer classes once a year, and then you'll be bumped down to the lower grade level if you if you fail. So that was always a threat, and I would be crying a lot. And then they're like, oh, it curved up to an 85. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, like, or you could drop a midterm or something. Yeah, there's – yeah. So the, the threat of failure. I remember Daniel, too. Like, we would go to lunch, and he would just be like – oh gosh, I think I'm failing my classes. And I was like, okay, this is a common issue. So that's good. But I do remember a a few times we would just like cry 
Yeah. Aurora test coming back. But um, it helps you that other people are going through the same thing. Yeah, it definitely helps. Having remember, friends that are all engineers too, like they're all doing the same same stuff. And you really don't have time to hang out with a lot of other people it's who so are true. in engineering. Like I, I, I think I told you when we were like freshmen, I like prided myself on not just hanging out with engineers. I was like, yeah, I have so many other friends. Yeah. And then as I went, I was like, there's no time for this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. I mean, because you spend, we would have like group meetings on the weekends. And yeah. Things like that. You spend so much time and then you also want to let loose with those people because they understand what's going on (laughs) yeah like Um, like you said the labs like we would have so many lab meetings on weekends and like late at night and working through all those that we're just like okay you're the only people i see now exactly so yeah and i think one thing that i struggled with that i will literally never forget and i don't know if they did this for your class but i remember during like when all the freshmen move in like a week before everybody else right Mm -hmm. and they divided everybody up by major and so we went all the aerospace freshmen like went into this room oh yeah and one of the professors was like basically pulled a whole michael scott from the office or it was like look around like 50 percent of you aren't gonna make it yeah okay and i was like this is not fun yeah okay that's funny because so my brother was a year above you and they did the same thing they're like look to your left and look to your right and one of you will not be here or something and his class i think they did that like they told everyone that so he was like a sophomore let's say and you were a freshman after that year because his class like 60 percent didn't come back <laughs> after like this first semester of sophomore year like they all went to mechanical or something so they had to stop doing that they never did that to my class because they realized so many people actually failed yeah. that they were like uh-oh i don't think good. that yeah i just don't understand what they thought they would gain by saying that but whatever. yeah just trying to mentally prepare you but or mentally discourage you yeah like <laughs> drop out now because yeah. you're weak yeah, exactly. so there were a lot of people that came in to my class from your original class because they failed like luckily you just chose to do do you want to talk about that about choosing to do five years instead of four yeah sure so junior year in our program like the traditional third year is known for being very challenging i yeah. think you take something like 17 credits and i think like all of them and are it's, asen which is aerospace classes and it's intensive it's like the first time you see controls really in any meaningful thing there's like now aircraft and and uh cu is very focused on space like satellites and stuff so it's a lot of new material that's very difficult (laughs) yeah exactly and i knew that there was this one class called electronics and i've always struggled with electronics and things of that nature um i'm more on the mechanical side of stuff Mm -hmm. and um just knowing that class i know that so every tuesday i'll never forget this every tuesday we had a quiz we also had homework Uh, and then we also had a lab report due every friday which was usually about 40 to 50 pages um and just doing that i knew would be too much for me so i decided to break my junior year up into two years um so i ended up being in abby's graduating class yeah Um, which that was very smart junior year like hurt a lot of people yeah exactly and i ended up doing like extras like i ended up being on the swim team and yeah water polo right water polo yeah that was fun so Um, i think that really helped me a lot yeah i was just that i couldn't power through like some people right plus could. it's like it's just more fun to do five years if you can like you you know could yeah. do a little bit you could have a little bit more of a life and, yeah, and exactly. join a team that you like and stuff like that so how did you i talked about like a little bit before about being a 
a woman in a more male dominated career i guess and i know some uh some what's it called some disciplines are way more female dominated like chemical engineering i think is like over 50 percent women but aerospace is one where it's like 10 percent. was that something that you really that you noticed a lot or did you have any kind of experiences with that i mean i feel like we all just clung to the other girls in our in our classes yeah. but i feel like um it is interesting because you were my closest friend and you weren't necessarily like right in my class. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of the people that I had in my class before you were mostly male. Yeah. And I never really felt like, I never felt a difference. You clearly see a difference. Right, right. Um, but I never felt it really with my peers, at least in school. I could see it sometimes with professors. I've heard, heard things. Um, yeah. But luckily had not really been directly impacted by that. I think in the field that I'm in now, um, especially the program I work on, there is like a really big presence of women, which I think is awesome. That's that's good. Yeah. Did they, are most of the women that you encounter now in the workforce, are they aerospace, a lot of them? Or like, have you noticed a trend of like what they went to school for? Yeah, good point. I think most of them are mechanical. Mm, Okay. Um, At least the ones that I directly interact with. I think most of the, I don't know. Aerospace is probably still most. Yeah, men. it's like aerospace and electrical are and computer electrical? science. Electrical, oh my gosh! Electrical yeah. has like one girl. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so everyone's trying to go for the one girl in their class. Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I didn't ever really notice a huge difference too, other than we were both in women in aerospace engineering club. We both were on like the board. <laughs> yep. For a hot minute, and I feel like I don't know. This is a whole other topic, but I feel like some of those clubs can get into like a little bit man bashing. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but I think ours, I, th- I think that one did a good job of like uh, keeping a good balance, like not needing the 50%, but just getting good representation in there, you know? So Yeah. There was another club we were part of, and I remember it was supposed to be about women in engineering. And I remember every week they had just like a let's paint or a craft day. And yeah. although I do like to do those hobbies, <laughs> I felt like associating it with engineering and women in engineering kind of accomplished the opposite of what it should have. Yeah. Um, so and I t- so I totally agree. I think we've kind of struggled with striking a balance. There. Yeah. And I've noticed that in the workforce, too. Like now that I'm part of these like women in engineering groups, there's a wide swing between like, hey, let's all like, because I always join those groups with the purpose of like meeting other women in engineering, really not like too much more. But everyone's like, we have such a long way to go. <laughs> like maybe in other industries. But, yeah, exactly. But and I, I, I agree. I think Lockheed, I have not experienced any type of sexism, yeah. in, in my opinion, um, at Lockheed. And so I've been... It's hard because I want to be an advocate for women in a male-dominated field, but at the same time, I feel like we're doing good, at least. Right, and I feel like a, a big part of it is, like, not trying to look for something, ha- you know, all the time. It's, like, usually when people, someone's being mean to you, it's, like, because they're mean yeah. in, in general. <laughs> they can be mean to other people, including yeah. men. Like, I've noticed a lot of people are, like, I think that was sexism because he told me that my lab work sucked. And it's, like, well, <laughs> maybe, it, maybe it does. Like, I said this on another podcast, but someone called me out when I was, like, not doing my work sophomore year of lab. And someone was, like, that is so sexist. I'm, like, I'm honestly not doing work. <laughs> it's fine. Like, yeah. I should probably just pick it up. Exactly. So, so I don't know. Yeah, that was just a side tangent. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I get very passionate about it though because I feel like everyone's looking for sexism where it's largely been not eradicated. Uh, yeah, eradicated. But 
but yeah, there are like only 10 other girls in your, in your class if you're going into aerospace. So, um, cool. So what is one thing that you wish you learned more of in school before you joined the workforce? I read this question and all I could think of was how to do my taxes. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think probably just learning how to interact with people professionally not that I am not professional when I interact with people but Mm -hmm. literally I don't know if you want to if you disagree but 90% of our job is writing emails and being in meetings and having to not just writing down your engineering analysis that you've done but actually being able to explain it in words especially as a systems engineer I feel like you get that a lot but yeah so being a systems engineer that happens a ton because you're doing so much more analysis than like I would say a software engineer. Yeah. But um, I think too, the other thing is, like you said, I am a systems engineer. And I think in, besides our like capstone project or whatever, Mm -hmm. we focus on a lot of like our classes focus on different aspects of the engineering. Like you take a propulsion class, you take an electronics class, but a systems engineer looks at how all of those components are integrated. Yeah. Um, And I think that I kind of lacked some of that big picture type information yeah that's true systems engineering is tough in general but yeah same thing like we learned kind of once when we were doing our um senior project but even then like i had a very specific role coding for the robotic arm in my project so i wasn't like really doing a ton of systems other than within like a very mechanical area you know so yeah that would have been helpful mine is code like we didn't learn how to code like at all yeah but you got a minor in software i did but even that was terrible (laughs) it was not i mean okay i shouldn't rip on (laughs) on it that much (laughs) but a lot of what the minor was is i could choose like a subset of some of the easier classes in computer science some of them get super hard but like there were things where we had to learn how to code in c plus plus and it would be like, okay, we're doing linked lists. We learned about linked lists. They would give you the CPP and header file already pretty much set up with an example of how to do a linked list. So all you had to do is like follow a pattern <laughs> and copy, paste, and change some variables. And I got like 100. And then I get into the real world. They're like, hey, do you want to code this thing in C++? I'm like, I have no idea how C++ <laughs> works. I followed an example. Yeah. So I don't know. Just like, and other coding languages, like that was the only C++ exposure I really got. We did everything in MATLAB for Aero. Yep. Which is helpful if you're going to go and be a strictly an aerospace engineer, like Daniel uses MATLAB. Yeah, I but use MATLAB. You do? Mm-hmm. For what have you used it for? Just well, it's kind of funny because I use it for data analysis, but I should probably be using R instead. That's why <laughs> I like MATLAB better. So. They just give you the choice. Um, yeah. Well, yes, kind of, but I take MATLAB. <laughs> yeah, cuz like, yeah, I haven't it was kind of a big deal, like me wanting MATLAB on my laptop even. Like my manager was like, I'm going to download MATLAB for you since I know you're an aerospace engineer so you don't get shaky, <laughs> so you don't get like the shakes. So we'll soothe you with it by like downloading MATLAB. Um, but yeah, that's a good one. Systems engineering, I think is, is good. Um, okay, how was your transition like from... <laughs> school to full-time work oh my god terrible it's so bad (laughs) i definitely feel like you and i did both most of our homework at like 
10 11 oh, at night yeah and so now that i have to be productive in the morning and get up early is just was probably the hardest thing it took me like probably a year and a half to get used to that yeah and you have like okay by senior year i don't know how packed your senior year was mine was pretty easy like my yeah mine was we, i mean other than the big capstone project which took up a lot of time but i had like a significant amount of free time or at least not a lot of classes so i would like go from like two classes a day to like working for nine hours a day and i was like how do i do this yeah. i'm so tired like the first two months i was exhausted by noon yep it's like oh, this is too much and you don't know anything about like the work so it's equally just tiring so and then you look at you're like okay i'm 22 how long do i have till like oh my gosh i had so many of those existential crises i was like how do people do 40 hours a week yeah i was like like, is this my whole life (laughs) like so if you have those anyone out there who's going into stem just be prepared the transition is rough yeah i feel like honestly for any college student it probably is i'm sure i'm <laughs> but sure yeah i like, have the same is, thing yeah. this is gonna be my next 40 years until i retire and it seems daunting yeah <laughs> um, but luckily but it gets a lot better yeah it does get a lot better because now it's like 10 you can knock out 10 hours like nothing yeah we get but, three day weekends every weekend which is nice yeah that's a great thing about about lockheed we get every friday off now so um cool okay well what is your advice, I guess, for people who are going to pursue a STEM degree or want to uh, pursue a STEM career? Don't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> don't. don't. <laughs> um, I would say the one thing that I wish I would have done more of in college was networking mm. because that yeah. is definitely how you get your foot in the door, especially That's with a place you want. Um and I think a lot of people think engineers are socially awkward and they just don't do networking or talk with other people. Um, and I think I probably followed that a little bit. Um, so I wish that I would have gone to, like, if you are interested in it, just you can make it just like make sure that you're putting your foot out there and talking to industry people. And yeah, I don't know. I, what definitely, do you think? Agree. I definitely agree. Yeah, there's like the college or the hiring scene is kind of wild because all these companies at least for right now i know it kind of goes in waves but they're all hiring a lot of people but so many people are applying that it's your resume just gets lost yeah so yeah knowing people is really is really good and networking you went to a, a couple career fairs right yeah i went to um probably two or three career fairs yeah and but i probably did it too late like my senior year Mm -hmm. um because i did apply for a lot of internships but i hadn't done the networking needed so i didn't get an internship they recommend that you get internships like what was it right starting after freshman year i got one sophomore year yeah Yeah. and i think i didn't get my first one until after my junior year Mm. so i probably could have done one sooner but didn't (laughs) yeah well yeah it's hard to it's hard to know i mean you can also apply to like 300 and you get an interview for like one or not any or none yeah a lot of people <laughs> got none <laughs> yeah yeah so i don't know that it's it's pretty tough yeah especially like you were lucky and you were able to get an internship with a big company like lockheed but right. i had to go to like small businesses which is good still i mean it's a whole different type of yeah environment but um. yeah talk a little bit about that so your internship or it was an internship at a small company. Did you, I guess, what are, what are your opinions between small and big companies? What are the advantages and disadvantages? Yeah. So I think a big company, I personally like it because I don't, um, 
live to work i work to live Mm -hmm. um you know i am passionate about stem but i don't like living at work um and so working for a big company you tend to have a more structured kind of like nine to five type schedule where when i was interning with the um small company i just remember one time i left at like 5 p.m and i came back and in the morning at 8 a.m and my manager hadn't left like she had been there for oh my gosh 48 plus hours um because that's what she needed to do was it like a startup yes it was a startup um so i just that kind of thing although is really neat not really my lifestyle yeah that definitely makes sense i've definitely noticed wait i love (laughs) just shutting it off at the end of the day it's pretty nice and sometimes definitely you have to work overtime whatever for a big company but it seems nothing nothing like the small ones i've heard I've heard some wild stories there. Yeah. Like someone not leaving overnight, like you just Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. I mean, and it's very unpredictable because I'm sure you remember when we were doing thermal vacuum testing and I had to work nights for like two or three weeks. Yes, I do remember that. That seemed... Uh, That was terrible. Um, Yeah. But... It was an experience that I guess I'm thankful I had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess it's it fine really now. <laughs> made me not want to work for a small company. <laughs> yeah, working. I am. I admire anyone who works nights because I don't think I could. I could do that. No, it's very challenging. And it also depends on the type of job you have, even in a big company, because like, um, for what I do, we have a lab that needs to be run, and during busy times, they run the lab twenty four seven. So people are working nights in a lab like with hardware working which i ruled that one out very early it's like this is (laughs) not what i want to do at all so yeah that's okay that's really interesting that's good advice what's the best and worst part of your job oh that's a good one just generally um the best part is that i work on a big program so i get a lot of variety so managers especially at another probably advantage of a big company is is having flexibility to move around. So even within my program, I've gotten a lot of like, uh, my managers are, are very good about letting me try new things. So like I was a developer, I'm doing like development work right now, I'm doing integration work. And then now I might try something on like the financial side. So that's been really good. The worst part is Uh, meetings no i'm just kidding (laughs) yeah actually weirdly since i'm like now in my own little team kind of i have like no meetings anymore which i feel like i'm the only person in the company that doesn't have any meetings i'm like my day is open (laughs) so um but yeah just like the the paperwork and like i hate documentation (laughs) and i'm really bad at it so yeah anytime i have to just like sit down and document what i did i'm like "Mm." yeah the actual engineering part's the fun part but then once you get to like the not engineering and you have to do the required other parts of your job that's not what's your favorite and least favorite um my favorite part is that i feel like i'm learning things that i never really imagined myself learning in college Mm -hmm. um i think when you graduate college with a certain degree whether it be stem or not stem you have a very specific at least you think you have a very specific understanding of what your job is going to be yeah and then you get there and you realize it's Pretty much not that at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I like that. Um, I think you could probably look at it as like a downer, but I, I actually really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. The worst part of my job is um, I used to have to get there at 7 in the morning, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but now we roll out of bed. Now I roll out of bed at 7.30. <laughs> so we're working from home. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Cool. <laughs> I, I like that. 
Um, I'm not a morning person if you can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to have to get there at 7.30. That's funny, too, because, like, yeah, we never had that early of classes at uh, in school. No, like but I always had, I was always had at least one 8 a.m. Oh, every semester. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there was ever a semester where I did not have an 8 a.m. Actually, that's true. I feel like they did put a lot of our aerospace classes at 8. And calc classes, or you would have your, what did yeah. they call them, recitation? Your, yeah, your recitations. At, like, you would always have them at, like, 8 in the morning. Yeah, that's true. I guess terrible. they did. They always scheduled those. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you've had to, you've been forced to be an early early bird for yeah. years now <laughs> and i hate um, it <laughs> and i hate it um okay so did you have time in college or now to have hobbies and interests outside of engineering that's a terrible way to ask that question <laughs> what are your hobbies <laughs> you have time um nothing no i'm just kidding um <laughs> i have everyone probably will make fun of me but my dogs are my hob- my big hobbies because <laughs> i dogs have are a, the best yeah i have a golden retriever and i have a great dane and nobody in my family had ever owned a Great Dane, and they are worth all the effort that they require. They're so cute. Yeah. So if you don't have a Great Dane, go get one today. Get one. Um, it's a beast. Yeah. It's my small a gentle pony. beast. Yes. <laughs> um, but also, I'm super into embroidery and cross-stitching and cricketing. So all these yeah. types of artsies and crafts. And I blame Abby because <laughs> she bought a cricket and I had never heard of it. And then finally I was like, it's I could best. use this for my embroidery project. <laughs> so I started doing that and um, I'm working on putting a small side business together, but I just haven't. We're planning our wedding right now, so I haven't really had all the time to do that. Yes, another hobby, wedding planning. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, no. Sam was supposed to get married uh during the pandemic yeah (laughs) so the pandemic hit and now it's july (laughs) of this year which will be amazing but it'll be good i call myself his honorary wife because (laughs) or like i've already been yeah you guys are pretty much married yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but making it official in july that'll be good so yeah you should follow uh sam once she uh launches this embroidery business we'll uh i'll link it in the description cool well again i will link sam's embroidery (laughs) and uh go follow her on all the social medias that i link below um well thanks for joining me today that was very informative so hopefully that helped anyone that was uh exploring a stem career or currently in a stem field so um yeah thanks for being here thanks abs see ya all right for those of you who made it this far i wanted to share a little blooper from this episode when sam and i were first starting to record i wanted to test the audio and i tried to swing the mic over to my mouth and everything fell like the mic my phone everything and it was hilarious and here's a little blooper to take us take us out with so (laughs) enjoy really close is that better maybe is it on what is this button do Set up. <laughs> <laughs>
that is all for this week's episode. Thank you so, so much for listening. I hope you liked it. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening from. And I would really appreciate it if you would go rate and review this podcast on the Apple store. That is going to be how we continue to grow our millennial learns family and community. So come back every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific time for a new episode and DM me any questions on Instagram. It's at a millennial learns. Go check me out. Follow me, DM me questions you have about this episode or any future topics you would like to see me dive into. Have an amazing week, everyone, and I will see you Monday.